This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to WTS Waikato, Season 2. It's a radio show and podcast about the goings-on in our region under the new normal. I'm producer Gary Farrow. Parliament has opened an inquiry into the future of inter-regional passenger rail in New Zealand. Put simply, this is relevant to the argument for trains in the Waikato. We've already got Tahuia linking Hamilton and Auckland. But what about the rest of the Waikato towns? Are there long deserted train stations going to be welcoming your everyday traveller again? Paul Callister from Save Our Trains NZ speaks with us about this. background and have had a long involvement in public policy and when I got, was retired I started to really get involved in sustainable transport and as I'm an older person um, I used to use trains quite significantly in New Zealand. I've used trains to go overnight to Auckland, I've used trains to go to Mount Taranasi to tramp, I've been to Christchurch by train, I've been to um, Napier by train, I've been to Gisborne by train and of course you can't do those trips anymore and so when we're looking at the whole idea of decarbonising the economy and transport particularly, trains are a key part of that and we're seeing this happening in places like Europe and even the United States but we've been going the opposite way, we've been getting rid of our regional rail so that's how I got involved in it. Interregional rail is in a pretty dire situation at the moment in New Zealand, isn't it, really? Well, it doesn't exist, <laughs> basically. <laughs> dire is right. I mean, we don't... The, um, the Northern Explorer is starting again in September, but, you know, $219 fare one way from Auckland to Wellington, no, no family can afford that sort of travel. So, yeah, it, it is dire. We have the Capital Connection uh, operating down in Wellington, uh, Manawatu. I guess you would call that a, a regional train, a, a longer commuter service, which takes uh, people from one district to another. And, I mean, we've got that happening in the Waikato, of course, with Tahuia linking uh, the Waikato with Auckland now. 
Well, we do. I mean, I use the Capital Connection quite a bit because I've got a daughter living in Palmerston North. And, um, you know, I get these regular text updates saying Capital Connection is not running today because the the um, carriages are broken down or the wheelchair access is not working today because we need to fix that. And it, it's on its last legs. So it, it's a great service, and um, with the half years, it's been used quite a lot more. But it, it runs, you know, once daily from Palmerston North to, to Wellington and back in the evening. It doesn't run on the weekends. Um, it's, it's not the sort of service that really is needed. So it's great it's, it exists. Um, and on the other side of um, the Tararua's, we've got Wairarapa, and those services have been pretty good, but they need upgrading as well. So, yeah, even those regional trains uh, have struggled. And Tahuia, you know, it, it was introduced at a very difficult time, of course, in the pandemic. But, you know, it, it struggled initially because it stopped in the wrong place. It wasn't regular enough. You know, these, these are not like the trains that you see in places like Switzerland that come through every half hour, linking every small town in Switzerland that run purely on electricity. You know, it's, it's, they're basic services. They're not even like what we see in Australia, really, or, you know, countries which socially are adjacent to us. Yeah, well, Australia's an interesting place. I mean, they still have a train that runs between Sydney and Melbourne, um, overnight, they have trains that can run 160 kilometres along tracks that are exactly the same width as our tracks. We don't have any of those. It, it's right. I mean, Australia um, has kept its its, net, its core network together, and is also investing in trains. And they also have quite good linkages between the longer distance buses and um, trains as well. So, yeah, they, they've for whatever reason, they've done it. And, and you look at the United States, I mean, they're upgrading railway stations. They're looking at rapid rail out of um, Chicago. They're looking at rapid rail um, all through California. They're talking about links to Las Vegas. I mean, it's, it's just New Zealand is just not on that same page. What is particularly relevant uh, to the Waikato and obviously a lot of other New Zealand regions is uh, the lack of interregional rail. And Parliament has opened an inquiry about this. Would you like to tell us a bit about that first off? Oh, I think it's great that um, Parliament has done that. It's obviously the result of pressure from a lot of different organisations, not just uh, Save Our Trains. I mean, one of the real problems in Waikato and the Bay of Plenty face this is, is that you have to now get the agreement of the various regional councils to run any service. So, for example, between Auckland and Wellington, you have to get 15 councils to agree. Um, and so, you know, the Kaimai Express used to run to Tauranga, and there's no reason why we can't bring that back. The train used to run down through to Rotorua, I mean, a classic tourism train, but then, of course, they got rid of the station in the middle of the town. Um, and those trains ran, you know, they weren't that heavily subsidised. They were the rail cars. 
that worked pretty well, but they just didn't invest in them and they just closed them down eventually. You know, so Waikato, I know the regional council there are pretty keen on um, re reintroducing trains, even maybe to Cambridge. There's a lot of things we could do, but we've got to look at it from a national basis. Um, you know, get rid of this idea that every regional council's got to negotiate with every other one and just have a, have a national plan to, to reintroduce them. Why do you think that is the current idea that all of the district and regional councils need to uh, see eye to eye to allow a train maybe to just stop at one station within their district? Yeah, I, I don't know the history enough as to why it came about, but it's certainly obviously not a good idea. Um, you know, and that's, that, that, I mean, good it's good that the Tahuya does work. I mean, that's between negotiation between two councils, Auckland and your Waikato Regional Council. And, and you know, like the Wairapa train um, is within, and it's just a, as an accident where the boundaries are, but that just works within one region, even though it's the same distance as to Palmerston North. But the whole issue of the capital connection is between two regional councils. And so you've you've just got this problem that you've, got to align them and I just think the legislation's got to be changed so that we can look at this on a national basis. Really interesting because in the Waikato not only do we have um, Auckland Council and Waikato Regional Council involved, we also have uh, Waikato District Council and Hamilton City Council, uh, both of which um, Tahuia traverses those districts and if it were to um, if train services were to spread out to more districts, such as the Waipa district where Te Awamotu and Cambridge are, or to Matamata Piako, um, then it would be a whole other process, wouldn't it, to actually get the wheels turning on that. And it's it's interesting given it's a government, like the government owns the rail corridor, central government. Yeah, no, it, it makes no sense, and especially in a climate emergency where you really need to do things quickly, which which you can't in, in terms of upgrading the rail. I mean, you've got to start those processes now. And, you know, for some of them, it could be five to seven years to, to get going. And, you know, one of the, the ones we really want to bring back is, is the overnight train, and, and that's perfect for um, where I live in Kapiti and, and the Waikato. So, you know, if you're going to Hamilton... For example to a conference you could just get on the train in the evening and get off you know relatively early in the morning in, in Hamilton and, and I did that once um, years ago going to a conference at Waikato University so yeah and you know and, and I know it's been talked about but you've got an underground railway station um, you know dr- almost directly below the um, your bus depot which we're into city buses and the local buses come you know, if that could be reopened, and I know they're talking about that, I mean, that would just be fantastic to, to have a central city um, railway station that can then link all the places that you talked about. Yes, Tainui is talking about that um, in, in the mid to long term um, to developing the underground station. But now, 
Looking at Tahuia, we've got it's it's having a bit of an uphill battle. Uh, obviously, as you say, it came in at a an awkward time during the global pandemic, a decidedly awkward time. Um, but it um, is slowly getting better and becoming more popular. Uh, as, in, as, as is the case with the Capital Connection. People have really liked the half-price fares. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, the Capital con- uh, or the Tahuia is between Hamilton and Auckland, two major cities, and it has been hard to get that running. I guess a person who isn't a particular advocate of rail or isn't particularly knowledgeable of rail would raise the um, suggestion that there just aren't enough people in New Zealand's regions to justify regional trains. Do you think that's going to be something that this inquiry, one of the hurdles this inquiry comes across, that there just aren't enough people? Oh, I I think that will be talked about, they'll, they'll say that um, but there's a lot of people in New Zealand who can't drive or don't want to drive and you know we've got an ageing population so that will happen more and more that as people get older they you know either can't drive or won't want to drive so that's a population, there's, there's younger people who you know we hear are committed to um, the, you know solving the climate crisis so you know they should be a group that, that use it but I, I, I think you know, one of the problems with the Tahuya and both the Capital Connection is that it's been focused entirely on commuters, so that's what it's it's aimed at. And what there is is a whole other population um, that want to use trains for other reasons. For example, you know, you've got fantastic cycleways in the Waikato um, with the river cycleways and such like. And you know, what we're seeing overseas, for example, um, between Montreal and um, Niagara Falls, they've got a train that goes out there that can carry 20 bikes. And that's the sort of thing we want to look at, that, you know, you should be attracting people coming down to the Waikato to go to your beautiful um, botanical gardens, to go cycling, those sort of things. And if it was affordable um, and you could bring your bike, your electric bike, you know, there's, there's just... There's a whole set of people who you could tap into. Um, but, you know, with, with young New Zealanders, I mean, a lot of them, when they go overseas, they experience trains and they use them overseas. Um, when they come back, they just slip back into the New Zealand way of life because there are no trains to use. So I, I, I think people would use them. Um, you know, there's people who won't, but I, I do think there's a core group who, who will use trains. It sounds like you think culture is changing um, where the need is going to grow for these sorts of trains and the expectation uh, for these sort of services being available. Yeah, I mean, culture changes the whole time. People used to use trains, people used to use bikes. Um, I just think, you know, with the fuel prices, with um, just the, the increasing recognition that, you know, we are in trouble with the floods and the wildfires overseas i mean it's becoming much more you know clear that we have got a climate emergency so i think if you have the good services you have the prices right you you have you know the linkages at both ends say for the last mile all those sort of things i mean it's a whole process that we've got to redevelop um but again as i say if you look at places like norway or switzerland or you know the netherlands or even britain i mean 
you know, they have train services. I know bigger populations than some of those places, but they do have train services at work. And, you know, they often um, service tiny little villages. So I think it can work. Regarding climate, the climate crisis, um, a lot of people complain when a diesel train is established because uh, obviously that produces a good bit of carbon emissions. Um, that has been a real argument that um, some quarters have used against Tahuia and no doubt uh, they use against other diesel trains around the country as well. Um, do you think do you yourself think that we need to sort of jump into more electrification of the railway lines um, rather than, you know, sort of going halfway and having diesel trains? Well, I mean, if you look at the actual data in terms of um, the emissions from railways, and that's the total railways, that's all the freight and such like, it's it's minute compared with um, flying or, or um, car or truck travel. It's just even with the you know even if every train was pulled by a diesel train, it would still be way way better. Um, but sure, we want to then get into um, other other ways of. I mean, the ideal would be the, every line electrified, and that's what you have got in places like Switzerland. But you know that's going to take time. And so, you know, overseas the, the, these trains operate that are hybrids that you know run on hydrogen, and then they put they, they can link into the overhead lines. So the technology's there. It's not like some mythical thing of electric planes or hydrogen-powered planes. I mean, the, the, the trains are actually exist in Europe. So I think we can start to replace the diesels. But, you know, I, I think the diesels are a, a second-order problem, that, you know, even if the train was being pulled by a diesel, it's still a heck of a lot better than the alternatives. What would you like to see, Paul, um, in, in, I guess, the initial steps to uh, reviving regional rail, inter-regional rail? I'd like to see a train that goes from Auckland to Tauranga, um, you know, possibly a sort of a, a, a um, hydrogen-powered railcar type of train, and that could be a regular service. I'd like to see the train going again through um, Hamilton down to Rotorua as a tourist train. I'd like to see the Northern Explorer running on a daily basis and, and having a, a carriage that's aimed at New Zealand families that's affordable. I'd like to see an overnight train re-established between Auckland and Wellington. And slowly, I'd like to see all the other regional trains come back. But I think Waikato, you know, really is at the centre of some of these things. I think, you know, all... The, the trains I initially talked about, the overnight train, the day train to Wellington, the train to Tauranga and the day train to Rotorua, they all go through through um, the Waikato. So you're, you're really at the core of, um, I think, the revival. So you think for the Waikato, this would be uh, very feasible and, and viable, uh, yeah, relative to... Um, the alternative, I guess, which is using more fossil fuels. <laughs> well, the, the bulk of the population live between uh, Hamilton, Auckland, Tauranga. I mean, that's, that's where 
you know, a big part of the New Zealand population now live. And, you know, the, the distance from uh, Auckland to Tauranga is doable, even with slower trains, to compete with the airlines and compete with driving. So, I, you know, the, before the rail cars were, were ditched, they, they weren't hugely subsidised. I mean, they actually were a viable service. So I think we could get those back um, relatively quickly. So those were discontinued, just cost-cutting by the private owners of the railways at that time, I get the impression, because it was the early 2000s, I think, that those services were cut. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what there was a whole series of things went, went wrong. They had trained, the rail cars were running at the end of their life. They were becoming unreliable, and they just hadn't ordered replacements. And so, you know, it just was a... It was bad policy, it was bad timing, it was bad luck. Um, three things sort of came together simultaneously and if, if we'd kept those services um, you know, and replaced them with newer trains, which of course you have to do all the time, um, they'd probably be running today. So it sounds like part of the problem that New Zealand has is with, uh, in many co- cases, older railway hardware uh, or rolling stock. Um, I mean, we've got the new diesel, uh, relatively new diesel locomotives that haul freight trains, but they don't haul passenger trains uh, because, yeah, there pretty much aren't any uh, passenger trains outside of uh, Auckland and Wellington at the moment. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, we have the infamous image, which I'm sure a lot of people have seen, of all of the... Uh, ex-British rail carriages which are sitting in Taumaranui which used to be used on Auckland's uh, suburban network and then today uh, Friday the 12th of August there's going to be decommissioning of the last uh, diesel uh, rail cars in Auckland Um, do, do you think that rolling stock could be made use of or do you think that's part of the problem, like we just need to get new rolling stock? I mean, certainly they, uh, you know, this this is getting to a technical thing. I really don't know about, you know, whether the, the wheels are good enough on those trains, the bogies are good enough, but they certainly are upgrading some carriages. I mean, that's what they're trying to do at the moment, which have been delayed to the capital connection. So, yeah, I've seen those trains sitting in, sitting on the sidings there and, I mean, it's so bizarre that the Northern Explorer doesn't even stop at that stop anymore. Um, so you, you go past those trains sitting idle. So, yeah, I mean, we've got, you know, where I live in Paikakariki, we've got Steam Incorporated, and that basically takes old uh, trains and they upgrade them and they, they get them back running um, for excursions and such like. So... You know, that's volunteers doing it. I'm sure we do have the expertise to convert some of those carriages back to, to usable. And, you know, it's, it would be an employment issue. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I hope we could do it. I, I don't know what the technical issues are, but it does seem a waste if we're not reusing them. Right. So it's a, it's a case of um, the resources are there but they just need to be dedicated to this particular project for for it to be achieved. And that is an argument to be had, which I guess um, this inquiry will um, will help raise. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I hope we can go through all those things. I mean, it's going to be a lot of work for us 
train sort of supporters to put in the submissions and all those sort of things. So, yeah, I hope the inquiry is very open-minded and, and will work through all these. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great first step, but it's only a first step. Do we have any knowledge yet on how we can get involved in the inquiry and how we can make submissions? I mean, I know it's at the early stage that the um, Transport Committee has has raised it, um, but is there a way we can get engaged at this point or people who are interested? Yeah, so um, it's on their parliamentary website and, and uh, it's got information about how to make a submission. Um, groups such as Save Our Trains will be putting together templates and things that people can use um, to put in submissions, so I'm sure we'll start working away at that. But yeah, um, it, it, it looks a pretty easy process and hopefully people will put in their submissions. Paul Callister from Save Our Trains, thank you so much for your time, really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of WTS Waikatoa. If you liked what you heard, you can follow the show on Facebook and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.